On today's show, Cavs Sixers, Cavs Heat, Craig Porter Jr. Let's dive in. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Damerel, and happy Thanksgiving to you, Locked on Cavs listeners, viewers on YouTube, and special thanks to Jake Stevens, who is the Money Manziel of our uh, Locked on Cavs group chat, apparently. The big the big turkey himself, Jake Stevens, or the big chicken McNugget, depending on his poultry of preference. I t- you know, I played Fortnite with him after he did that, and him recounting any chicken nuggets was a little bit uh, scary, if I'm being honest about it. But that's not what uh, people are here to listen well, to. I, I, I edited okay. the video and I watched him yeah. hit in high speed. And I'm like, this is gross. It's tough. So thanks, Jake. But thanks for thanks, indulging Jake. us. Yes. Never do that again. All right. Today's show all about three big Cavs things, topics right now. We're going to talk about Cavs Sixers first. Then a very lackluster, very black Cavs performance against the Heat. And then we're going to talk a little more about Craig Porter Jr. Because... Gosh darn it, he deserves it. Evan, Cavs Sixers, though, to start there, I I think that might be the best win of their season so far. I think if you look and considering the injuries, no Donovan Mitchell, no Karis LeVert, no Isaac Coro, considering what they did defensively in that game, I have some numbers for you we can get into. The way they mm-hmm. played the composure to handle a really late Philly push in that game, I just came away highly impressed by Cleveland in that game for them to get that one out to get it done on the road against a Philly team that has been really good this year to me that's that's the best one of the regular season so far yeah so friend of the program uh fellow groomsman to you birdman joe reached out to us saying that those are the best one of the season i have been pondering it i do think the denver game is certainly a tone setter for like okay this gas team can really really can function without donovan mitchell arguably their most important scoring player and their best player just overall right now um and gave us a really better understanding of how Darius Garland looks out there just without sharing the floor with Mitchell. But more importantly, I agree. Like the, This Philly game was impressive in the fact that Denver didn't have Jamal Murray, so I don't think he really, really, really needed Isaac Okoro. Um, and Okoro is now missing nine straight after this Heat game as well. But um, there was Tyrese Maxey in this game for Philly, and the Cavs didn't have, have Isaac Okoro. So I was like thoroughly impressed top to bottom, whether it was J.P. Pickerstaff, uh, just kind of scheming up the defense to kind of like mitigate the lack of a and still handle um, Maxi and Embiid or like Jared Allen handling the assignment of Embiid pretty well throughout the game. Like I think uh, similar to Jokic, like they got Embiid in the foul trouble, but like Joel Embiid is a reigning MVP for a reason. Like you have to be on notice with him at all times, but yeah, this was a really impressive win for Cleveland. And I think just the fact that they're able to gut it out and grind it out and um, like I, I would like to talk about Darius Garland a little bit more, so how he played in general really impressed me in this game. But um, yeah, this is a good win for the Cavs, especially because like I'm not really used to them kind of clawing back after maybe blowing a lead and then kind of putting a f- foot on the collective throat of an opponent to ensure that they secure a win. I, the defense, in particular, to me, just I thought really, really. Smart was as good as it was just as good as we've seen it, right? So number one, 
This headless, the 76ers, who defensive rating, uh, an offensive rating, excuse me, of 110.2. That's over 10 points less than the 76ers season number, and that's four points below league average. To your point, with Noah Coro worrying about the maxi thing, that was my number one fear if I'm Cleveland on the, on, on the scouting report, is how do you defend Maxi? Okay, they did that pretty well. Even though Maxi got his points, I think they really made him work. They made him bead work. And they put together this performance where like, it wasn't perfect, it wasn't pretty, but it was enough. It won out against one of the... Yeah, it went out against one of the best teams we've seen in the league this entire year, a team that is second in net rating, a team that is absolutely cooking and doing a ton of great stuff and looks awesome under Nick Nurse. And lo and behold, the Cavs' defense, at least going into that game, was top 10 at cleaning the glass, and they're top 10 in net rating over the last two weeks. That game, Evan, to me, felt like, it's like, okay, they're getting back to something here. It is obviously still missing a lot because you don't have Mitchell, you don't have Levert in that game, Okor is still on. I think Okor has a big role to play in this team. Mm-hmm. Especially considering, I think maybe it might be time to the Dean Wade thing is is very hit or miss. Let's say, yeah, uh, mostly miss if you're just talking about the perimeter so far. He needs to shoot more. Would be like my my basic take is like just shoot I, my guy. I would agree, but I think Dean Wade being a role player, he would rather pass up the ball to a teammate that probably either deserves more of those shot opportunities or like convert on them. But I agree, like. It's a balancing act. Like there, there's moments where his shot is there, but then it like abandons him, and he was out against Miami with the sprained ankle. So hopefully, it's not the a similar issue to last year, where like the confidence in his shot was already waning, and then he gets injured, and it just completely just unravels things for him. And then like, I mean, let's just be frank, he would be probably a trade asset for Cleveland at the deadline because. You got to, you know, just get moving with this. But yeah, um, when Okoro comes back, like if you're talking about like how, we're going to talk about Craig Porter Jr. in the third segment, like Dean Wade is probably the casualty minutes wise with the bench unit once uh, this team is like finally fully healthy. The the last thing I would say about this game, Evan, is Jared Allen, again, I think played a pretty immense game, was was going at Embiid, was physical, mobile as well in certain spots. But another good Jared Allen game, and I think as much as there there is still... The the Allen Mobley fit, I think, and what it's looked like this year in particular is is a little bit off. It doesn't feel perfect to me right now. Allen's played pretty well since he's come back. I think particularly of late, he has looked more like the Jared Allen they need. I think that the Nuggets game is the A-plus example of that, but this was another good performance for him. Yeah, especially because he was dealing with foul trouble early into the game. So like he wasn't able to get like a actual like cadence and rhythm offensively, but like he was effective when he was out there. He did play through that foul trouble in didn't let that become like an issue for Cleveland when it came to slowing down Joel Embiid, who is again, the reigning MVP and one of the best players in the league, probably second or third behind Jokic, of course, but then either Giannis as well. But more than that, like I want to talk about Darius Garland, like in the first half, he was definitely trying to be aggressive with the ball, but like you notice that he was making a concerted effort to get his teammates going, get the teammates uh, find a flow and cadence on offense. I think when J.B. Bickerstaff deployed that bench lineup with him and Craig Porter Jr., that was a really effective group for the Cavs because Garland really just started like feeding his teammates. He fed Craig Porter Jr. a few times to get Porter a couple good looks at the basket. And then in the second half, I believe he had 18 points in the third and fourth quarter and then like two assists. And then in the final frame and overtime, I mean, also he had that crazy bank shot that was kind of just like, you know, kind of fitting because Dean Wade was the one who passed it to him after Dean Wade was the one who hit that circus shot against the Nuggets a couple nights before that. But 
I don't know. Garland was really impressive in this game. And you and I were kind of texting about it. Like, I'm not saying like, hey, the Cavs need to trade Donovan Mitchell tomorrow. But it is certainly noticeable that like there is a certain flow and rhythm the Cavs don't have when they don't have Darius Garland out there. And now, like, if there's a quote unquote challenge, it's now maybe figuring out how does Mitchell fit into an environment where like Garland is the quote unquote alpha on offense because the offense flows much better when he's kind of setting the table and making sure everyone's in the right place at the right time. And whether that's scoring or passing, like he has a knack for just making the right move, even if it does result in a turnover, because at least he's trying to be aggressive out there to get people going. Got a little worried about um, his, his hand. hand. You texted concerned. me about that because I misunderstood. I was um, so thank you for everyone who reached out. I was at the hospital most of the day uh, during the Sixers game because my wife was in surgery and I was listening to it on the radio as we were driving home and Ross running errands after I got her home. Um, and then Chris texted me as we were talking about Mitchell and he's like, yeah, it looks like he hurt his hand. And I'm just like, or like, it looks like he has an in, a new injury. I'm like, wait, Mitchell? He's like, yeah, his hand. I'm like, wait, do you mean Mitchell or Garland? He's like, oh no, Garland, definitely not Mitchell. Because I'm just like, how did Donovan Mitchell hurt his hand on the bench? Was he clapping too hard? If he hurt he his hand, it, but Garland played through it against Miami. So, yeah. Uh, coming up next, though, following that great Sixers performance, a not so great Heat performance. We'll talk about that up next. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. And our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy advice and options for you this season. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So this week, here are Jahir Art. Here is one pick of Josh's eBay's Guaranteed Fit that I really like. This is his eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Santi Aldama. Josh writes, a little surprising, but Aldama has replaced Marcus Smart in the lineup and has thrived so far. And I like this shout from Josh because Memphis is is a team in search of identity, in search of anything to work. And maybe Aldama, you just hope that works. He He can score a little bit, get some rebounds. Do something for them, a team that needs some juice. And you could go there. If I were to add one name, we'll talk about him in segment three. Maybe Craig Porter Jr. is worth a look for your deeper leagues as well if he keeps Good playing. Show. So all season, Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. That's the same with your vehicle. I am driving my dream car right now it is a bronco sports i love my car and i gotta tell you i already have my ebay motors account set up to any parts i might need anything i could need for that car i have my eye on it because of ebay motors they have over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die and you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights roof racks bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Our Cavs Heat, Evan was not particularly good. I a very lackluster game on a lot of fronts. I think number one, Kevin Love had personal had something going on in his life. He was not at the game. So there's no Kevin Love back in Cleveland moment. That was perhaps would have been the headline of the night. And 
he wasn't there. Hope everything is okay. The Cavs also just played very bad basketball. No Donovan Mitchell again, but this was just a, a an absolutely dead performance, which makes sense to some degree coming off an overtime win the night before. But nonetheless, you have to take it for what it is, and it was a bad performance. It makes sense. Uh, also, first off, um, are your parents excited to see their grandbaby for Thanksgiving? Since you uh, referred to your Bronco as your baby in the ad read, but um, yeah. this they saw it today, and they were my dad still jealous. My uncle, shout out to my uncle Ron, who definitely isn't listening to this. He loves that car maybe more than I do, and he wishes he would have bought one when he got a car. I think it's the masculine urge. Like as soon as the Bronco came out, I think everyone wanted one. My father-in-law wanted one. I want one. My wife told me no because I said I wanted a white one because of the optics behind it that I didn't realize just because my car is white and hers white. And I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah. Um, either way, also, yeah, this OJ. game was a, yep, that's that's what I was hinting at. But thank you. For, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say it straight up, you know, just kind of get a little, yeah. Hey, man, oh, you the glove doesn't fit. Evan, I'll, I'll, I, next time you, I, I'm in your neck of the woods and in, in where you live, where I'm not going to say, I don't want to dox you. You, I, you can, I'll let you drive the Bronco. Oh, that's swell. Um, I was going to make another OJ joke, but I won't. Um, this game yeah. wasn't good. Uh, it was not good. Like you said, I hope Kevin Love is doing okay. I think that definitely took the off-court wind out of the sails for this one. But to your point, like very clear that this Cavs team is coming off an overtime win on the first game of back-to-back. And also, I think just the lack of depth that the Cavs kind of are dealing with right now with all the injuries on their roster even if they did get Karis LeVert back, like they're they're still getting Sam Merrill like serious minutes in this rotation. Like no disrespect to Sam Merrill, but that's indicative of how little depth maybe the Cavs have to match the Heat. And people were kind of questioning my takeaway for this whenever for write down Euclid of like what the Cavs were kind of lacking. But it was Isaac Okoro in this game. I feel like he has now missed nine games in a row. But Kyle Lowry is 7-9 from 3. Jamie Jazz Jaquez Jr. was 4-4 four four from 3-point range. Uh, Miami really killed the Cavs from out there. And like, yeah, if you don't have Donovan Mitchell to maybe match them shot, shot for shot or give you that scoring punch that the Cavs kind of need, like you might need a guy like Okoro who is your best point of attack defender and something that the Cavs really can't replicate with anybody else on the roster to at least like slow down Miami at times just to kind of like make sure like, hey, this doesn't turn into a shootout. And instead, it's more of a grind fest because there's no Bam Adebayo in this one. It was just Jimmy Butler. And like Jimmy Butler didn't kill the cast in three. He certainly made his damage elsewhere. But it was the Kyle Lowry show and then the Jacquez show off the bench too. Like it was uh, it was an ugly game though. Evan, when you get a game like this and you look at this and you're saying, okay, this is an 82-game season. And there's going to we we know going in there are going to be some duds. We know that there are things that aren't that aren't going to be perfect. You can look at schedules and predict. There's 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 been articles and studies done on this. We we know that this is just going to happen sometimes. But when you when you personally look at a game like this, how much stock do you even look at it? Look at for something like this. When you're trying to evaluate this and you see a game like this happen, do you toss this out? Do you view anything for real? Like what what do you think about when you see watch a game like this and have to analyze it? I think, I think there's something worthwhile to dissect in any game. I think that there's plenty to toss out because this game kind of got out of hand pretty quickly to turn into the Cavs chasing Miami in this one. But uh, the subject of our third segment, like Craig Porter Jr. had another great night for the Cavs. Like he's strung together four, maybe five very high quality games for Cleveland so far. And like further cements his case of like, He's a dude who will probably never sniff the charge. Could be an early two-way conversion, and the Cavs look to sign somebody else to a two-way deal to maybe look at them with a charge instead. But 
Um, and that that was just pure happenstance because of these injuries. But like, it's hard to finally maybe take stock out of other stuff. I mean, like Allen played okay. I think like it, it was just tough to like fully evaluate like what this team can be because they are incomplete health wise. And it, it, you do give that caveat because they were incomplete health wise for the better part of this win streak that they won on before it. They lost to Miami, but it's hard to really gain perspective other than like, yeah, Craig Porter Jr. played well once again. Like Darius Garland kind of had a little bit of a flatter game after exploding the night before. Um, I take back what I said. Jared Allen is very one note in this game in terms of scoring and um, rebounding or just really anything. But like, yeah, like George Niang had a pretty good night. I think Karis LeVert picked, kind of picked up where he left off. Like there's small stuff individually you could look at, but like overall, this is just a bad team performance. And I think just the lack of depth the overtime back to back and um, just having to deal with this after that, like the, it's just a tall ask and who knows, maybe the Cavs had a Thanksgiving dinner before the game and that Turkey chemical release just hit right when the game started. That would be surprising, but I, I, oh, I know, but that's just me trying to be punny for the holiday. Fair. So I, I tend to just look at this and say, okay, you didn't have Mitchell. You Garland was fine, but like had that injury last night. They played late last night. Like I, I have a hard time totally knowing what to do with some of that, right? Like I just, you might need to just look at this and say, okay, that is what it is. You move on. I know I, I we neither of us attended the this game, but you look at the. Do you want to look the, at the, how fast how the media happened. No, why I didn't attend this game. Got a hat on. You well, you can wear you can wear a hat to game. Usually, most post gamers this year, my, my, my hair has been product. So that's true. It looked good. Thank you. It looked good. This is like the when the when the when the post game media happens like that, and JB's in there two minutes after the game, and uh, Craig Porter Jr. is at the podium like ten minutes after, and I don't know how fast whoever the third person talking sure. was came up. You just you just know that's that's the night you're gonna you're gonna get out, and it's if just these gonna. These dudes want to go home. It's just they gonna go relax. They want to go sleep yeah. in their own bed. They want to recover. They want to go yeah. celebrate the holiday with um their family. They're in town for it. Yeah, like they just want to like it's, get some it's rest. It's game. been you. Yeah, you're in a world where you played in Philly last night. It doesn't, you know, it's not a great game, but it's just a overall just kind of met performance. You move on and you see how they look Saturday and see if anything carries over. You are just going to have some duds. It doesn't make it if you're a fan. I think any less frustrating, but it just just kind of blew I, I certainly empathize speaking that. of fans like with the fans who maybe like bought tickets to this game because they were certainly cheaper because I think a lot of folks just like then Saturdays just especially because they're playing the yeah because they're playing the Lakers but more than that like yeah, LeBron yeah. I think like especially if like they were season tickets or anything like that like people were looking to sell them on the cheap because it is the night before Thanksgiving it is a major holiday people have family coming into town and things like that so it's a little I do empathize with the fans who may be like, oh, this is their one chance to maybe go see a game because they got tickets on the cheap or something like that, and they saw an absolute stinker. But yeah, from the basketball side of things, the Cavs players are just ready to roll, and the coaching staff and everyone else, they're just glad this are off their back. Uh, they rest and recover tomorrow, I would imagine. JB probably gives them the day off Friday as well, just to kind of really let them rest, and then they shift their focus to the Lakers on Saturday, and then the Raptors on Sunday, and then they wrap up the in-season tournament against Atlanta on Tuesday in Atlanta. 
Yes. We'll talk about those games this weekend, but coming up next, Craig Porter Jr. Let's talk about him. And if it's time to just maybe deem him the Cavs' best option at backup point guard, coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of Lockdown. This NFL season, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That is $150 if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Remember, that's the official sportsbook of LockedOn. Promo code LockedOn. Again, use that. Evan, true or false, Craig Porter Jr. is just the Cavs' best backup point guard option now, even when everyone is back and healthy. Uh, yeah, true. Even if Ricky Rubio was available to start the season, like just the way Porter's played, cannot be understated. Like he has been a quite a breath of fresh air um, for the backup point guard spot, and also just like credit where credits due. Took advantage of the fact that he uh, made the most of the minutes available to him, just because of all the injuries. So to talk through this, I there's the the three names you could look at would be him. You would look at Ty Jerome and Ricky Rubio. To start with Rubio, it would not shock me, Evan, if he comes back and they try to give him a look just because he's a veteran, just because he's Ricky Rubio. I could understand that, right? Like I don't I yeah. I would be skeptical that he's gonna come back based on what we saw last year and that he's gonna be good anymore. I think there's a real concern that it just might we he, might have passed. I mean, he hasn't peak. played like meaningful basketball in nearly eight months at this point. Well, it, and even beyond that, I don't. He wasn't good last year since he he wasn't good like since the ACL. Like, I think it's just a concern: is what does he have physically? Can he ramp up in the way you might need him to? Maybe, and you're hoping, I think, this year that maybe he gets back to normal, more time to heal. But okay, we haven't seen that yet. That's tricky. Secondly, you look at Ty Jerome. I was not particularly impressed with the minutes Tydrum had in the start. Uh, you you talk to people in Golden City, you get differing opinions on what he is and what he isn't. I think Craig Porter Jr., with the feel he's shown, with the defensive, I think, upside that Jerome definitely, I don't think has, even if Jerome maybe has some more ready-made shooting upside right now. Craig Porter feels just a little more solid to be this kind of big combo backup point guard in a way. I'm not sure Jerome is fully. There are still some concerns, and I think at some point, like you're already seeing, I think the Heat, for instance, when they weren't in zone, which is another thing they threw with the Cavs that the Cavs just had issues with, we probably we didn't talk about it at all and should have. The other thing they did is when Kyle Lowry's guarding Craig Porter Jr., he's sagging off of him. The scouting report is already, get off of this guy, dare him to shoot, dare him to shoot. That's going to cause some problems the more and more minutes mm-hmm. he played. He's going to have to take threes. He's going to have to provide you something in that range. That being said, I think the answer is also true. I was completely sold, Evan, when he drove into Joel Embiid and didn't look scared at all in that game against Philly. And that, yeah. to me, spoke a lot. There's still growth to have, but I'm pretty in on him at this point. I'm, I just that, think he's the option. That play against Embiid was like the moment for me. I'm like, okay, he's probably never going to like hang out with Mike Garrity, Amani Bates, Isaiah Mobley, Pete Nance, etc. and the charge. Um, and that's no discredit to like the situation there. But like, like you said, like, has just played fearless. There are moments where maybe Miami's the first team that like genuinely had them him on their scouting report because I asked him 
after the win against Denver when he had that career night, like, hey, um, are you kind of surprised like how easy the transition's been? He's like, well, for me, he's like, well, I asked him, like, did you expect this? And then I asked him how he like he said, no, like, frankly, I didn't expect to have career numbers this early in my NBA career. But more than that, like he's like, I don't think teams really had me on their scouting report other than like maybe they knew the baseline about me. But now there's like actual footage out there. Hey, Miami's a well-coached team. I'm sure they do have like plans for everything, no matter who is or isn't available. But yeah, Craig Porter Jr. has played really well. Um, he had a great night against the Heat, frankly, like despite the fact that Lowry is sagging off of him. And like you said, like it does turn into the, like uh, the Tyson Jerome upside is the shooting thing. And I think maybe just the size, but like Porter does play bigger. We've talked about this before, despite being 6'1, 180. Um, and he is a defensive, more defensive oriented guard to begin with. But um, yeah, Porter's just really impressed me. Like every single time he's out there, like he does just seemingly give the Cavs a spark that it seems like they are lacking to start a game. And like he comes with the bench unit, kind of like <laughs> sets the table more or less offensively and like just makes the right plays and right reads and right passes. And then like sets the Cavs up in a nice spot. So like when the starters come back and the bench players that got rolling, like the, the Cavs can start cooking with mix and match lineups. I am very curious. It could just be a salary cap thing, but I think at some point I, it would, if this continues, it's just going to make sense. If he's on the 15 man roster, get him a real contract, maybe Sam Merrill, you keep the Ross flexibly Sam Merrill has a non-guaranteed date. I'm going to check as we're doing it here. You could move this around and I think still well, kind of they, manage your cap they, situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, they also technically have a roster spot too. They could sign into like the, the the funny money like Dean Wade type of deal, you know, like it's just first. yeah, it'll it'll probably have some like uh, what what we've called the Kobe Altman special, special in it where there's yeah. some guarantees. Um, the the tricky thing is it's just they're close to the tax, so like they yeah. have to be as they have to be as creative with this as humanly possible. Um, mm-hmm. And here's non-gu- the, I can't spot track yeah. doesn't have a date. For his non-guarantee, just listed his contract oh. this year is non-guaranteed. So, so the they yeah, can. I don't know when the guarantee date is either. But like the trickiness is, is um, since they're not using all fifteen of their roster spots, the Cavs can only use ninety of their games combined between all three two-way guys in terms of just like they were tactically available. And through yesterday's game against Philly, it was. Well, I guess now we can update it now. It's Porter has 13, Bates has 11, which makes it 24, and then Mobley has 7, which makes it 31. So, like, the, the Cavs have, doing more math in my head here, 59 more games between those three if they are all, all are available and, like, to play to uh, kind of, like, drag out this Craig Porter Jr. experiment before they have to, like, make some probably tough roster decisions on what they want to do next. I think he's going to play himself into a roster. That's my oh, yeah. prediction as I, of now. I think it's going to happen. If it's not more immediately, it'll probably or likely happen in or around the trade deadline because who knows? Like With Ty Jerome not playing since the home opener and Damian Jones being phased out in favor of Tristan Thompson, maybe the Cavs combine those two, two and a half million contracts to find like a $5 million wing player that could be available on the cheap that they could just round out the rotation for them or just like give them another option. Um, and then like, they just have the luxury of creating a roster spot by doing a two for one type deal. But like, yeah, there are paths to do it, but like that, that it probably would happen the latest by the trade deadline or right. We're like immediately after it. Let's end there. I'm Chris Manning. That's every day. happy Thanksgiving. Everyone we will talk to you 
after the weekend. Post Cavs Lakers, post Cavs Raptors. Enjoy. Eat as much as you want. Live your best life. Talk to you soon.